Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. Hey, welcome to Road to Redemption. This is Drew. I'm your guest host for today. And with us in the studio is Pastor Rick Moore of Destiny Worship Center. Pastor Rick, hey, How's welcome. How's it going, Drew? How's it going? going? Great. We've talked about this for a while, getting you in here and hearing your story. And it's so good to have you here. Thank you for what you do uh, at Destiny Worship Center. And I uh, just appreciate your words of life and encouragement every time we run into each other. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Glad you're here. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, your history, where you came from, maybe growing up, uh, your road to redemption. Well, <laughs> most people can tell by my dialect that uh, I was a Southerner. <laughs> Born and bred. Welcome to the South. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, my my road to redemption started very early. Um, I, I was a very angry child. Mm. Most of my family members would say I was extremely passive aggressive. I could be nice, and often I could be quite mean. Uh, you know, when I was <laughs> only three years old, uh, I asked my mom for some ice cream, and uh, she d didn't say yes, so I, I took an <laughs> ice cream scoop and knocked her two front teeth what? out. Oh, no. And that's at the age of three, and I got worse from there. So, oh, no. <laughs> so I was very passive-aggressive. But growing up, you know, I, I had a severe speech impediment. I was a stutter. Mm. And I know people think I talk a little funny now, but uh, I had a, a bad speech problem. And huh. people made fun of me, as children do. I remember in the second grade... Uh, there was a cartoon, Bugs Bunny, in which a character, Elmer Fudd, was on. Oh, and, yeah. You know, hunting wabbits. <laughs> right. And so people talk, uh, they thought I talked like Elmer Fudd, so mm -hmm. they nicknamed me Elmer. Okay. Uh, so much so that a lot of the teachers at school thought that Elmer was my real name. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so you know, and, and of course, it led to a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. I was an angry young man, and boy, it hit my buttons, and I would fight, and I would get in trouble. So uh, my mom, she tried to help in the third grade. She put me in a speech class, but I'm sure there are a lot of great speech classes, but this one really wasn't uh, quite up to par, you might say. There was, okay. there was other kids in there that were... Uh, there because of disciplinary reasons. Sure. Um, now, there were some special needs kids in there like myself. But um, anyway, unfortunately, not only did it not help, it, it gave me my second nickname, which was Ricky Retardo. Aw. Now, I know you're not supposed to That's, say the R word, but that right. was That was, that was one of the names for, they called for it. For years, yeah. So, mm. And what it does is if, if you know of anybody that has a speech problem, it, it, it causes you to shut down. Hmm. Um, you think, well, I can't say anything right, so I'm just not going to talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to sometimes, but sure. but you tried not to, and so you kind of check out. You, you know, I checked out of scouts. I checked out of sports. Uh, you know, you just you, like a fear of even going to those. Yeah, yeah. You, you get tired of being picked on. Mm -hmm. You get tired of being embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And so, but now there was one area that I felt comfortable in, ironically, and that was my dad's pool room. Uh, mm. My dad, he uh, he was a professional gambler, um, had a little bit different lifestyle than most in the sense that he owned nightclubs and things. But but I'd go down to the pool room, and for whatever reason, I felt a little more accepted there. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't pick on me. Now, part of it's because I was a more boy. 
And that doesn't mean gotcha. much today, but in those <laughs> days in a little town, uh, I had a few privileges. Uh, when I got in trouble, if I when I got caught for shoplifting, uh, you know, I got off the hook because I was a more boy. Okay. I, uh, running away from the police, I, I you know, I, I huh. got off the hook because I was a more boy. So, um, you know, that had its privileges, but unfortunately that became my identity hmm. way more than it should. Um so I, I was kind of coasting along, and when I was 15, I had a, a friend invite me to a youth camp. Matter of fact, I uh, believe you know this youth uh-huh. camp. We've talked about it before, and and I said, sure. I mean, he talked about all the fun they have. I didn't even think about going to church at night. That, that wasn't why I was going, I can promise you that. Uh-huh. But the evening, they they had services at nighttime, and and I remember the evangelist saying that that if you're here and you have junk in your life and you want God to remove it, come on down and let's pray. Mm. And Drew, I know a lot of people have different experiences when they're born again, when they receive Christ as their Savior. But I can tell you for me, it was it was something else. I mm. that night I was at the altar praying for over three hours. Wow. Um, God just reached down and took a bunch of crud out Hmm. and he put a lot of good things in. And when I left the altar, I was a different person. Cool. When I came back home, uh, everybody knew you didn't, I didn't have to say much. They knew something had happened. Mm -hmm. They could tell God did something. And, um, the anger was gone. I mean, for once, I knew God loved me, and God accepted me just the way I was. Mm. I didn't even have to change who I was. God God made me, and he loved me just the way I was. Amen. And, and I, I came back home so excited, you know. I, uh-huh. I didn't know anything about witnessing, but I just knew I wanted my family and my friends to have what I had, sure. To experience what I experienced. Now, I, you know, I know walking with Christ is more than experience; it's a relationship. But my goodness, that first experience, yeah, that first time when when He saves you from all your sins and He writes your name in the book of life, and you know that you know that you're His child. That, Never forget that day. No, I mean, that you night. know, you just wish everybody, and, and and of course, when it happens to you, you think, man. Everybody, why can't you see it? Of course, I couldn't see it for 15 years, and so uh-huh. I guess that's hypocritical of me. But but you just want everybody to experience what you've experienced. So that's kind of what happened. I uh, went back. My brother and I used to work at my dad's club. Uh, I was like 15 years old, and, uh-huh. and I, I know that wasn't of age yet. <laughs> different world back then. Helping out. And, uh, yeah, so we, we actually worked at a little food stand, and people would come by at night. So... The week I got back from church camp, I bring my Bible out to the club. Cool. And I'm reading, I'm telling people about Jesus, right? And I think I'm really, you know, going to make a difference. You're doing it. I'm doing it, yeah. So what happened was uh, my friends that went to camp said, Ricky, you need to come to church with us. I Mm -hmm. said, was it like church camp? They said, well, it's not that cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Matter of fact, sometimes it's boring, but we'll all be there. I said, okay, I'll be there. Okay. So anyway, we go there and... There's a guy that I noticed right off that was talking before service in the front of the church, and I recognized him from the club. 
and I knew that he'd come over when I had my Bible out. So yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this guy's going to tell everybody what a great witness I was <laughs> and how, how you know, I influenced him. He might even be here at church today because of me, right? Uh-huh. So I walk up there, and that guy's name was Rockstar. It wasn't his real name. That's why we okay. called him Rockstar because he looked and dressed like a rock star. I don't even uh-huh. know what his real name was. But I go up there, and it's so funny. He turns around and says, Rick Moore, you're in church? I just knew that the building would burn down if you walked through these doors. And I just suck. I mean, if there was a rock at that church, oh. I would have climbed under it. Oh, no. And so so I sit there. I'm embarrassed. I'm thinking, maybe I'm not having the impact I thought I was having, you know. We're talking with Pastor Rick Moore of Destiny Worship Center about his road to redemption. And we'd love to hear what happened after your conversion, Pastor Rick. Well, you know, it's interesting how I uh, how I thought things would go. Um, I, I have a great father. My dad's great. He loved me very much, but he wasn't exactly excited that his son was going to church. Hmm. And I remember he he grabbed me by the back of the head and he said he said you're not going to go there and let those blankety blank people brainwash you. Hmm. I said, Dad, that's exactly what I needed is. A brainwashing, yeah, and a heart washing. Wow, he said, "Well, that's real cute, but you better not go back." And I, I looked at him. I said, "Dad, if you knew what God did for me, hmm. you'd drive me yourself. Wow, you'd take me to church yourself." He just looked at me, walked away, and that was the last time he tried to prevent me. Now, my family is a little different story. <laughs> I, I used to go out witnessing mm-hmm. because I didn't know really you know, uh, what to say, how to get people to come to church and to accept Christ as their Savior. I, I remember we used to have these little tracks, and and basically they asked, yeah. uh, if you died today, where would you spend eternity? Mm-hmm. And I'd ask people that. And so, you know, I, I really didn't know how to witness, but I'd go out on the street and just talk to people. And I remember my brother Tony saying, Dad, you got to stop him. He's embarrassing the family, you know, (laughs) because, again, my dad was a professional gambler and they, you know, just wasn't compatible with going to church in a lot of ways. And in, in some ways, I was very distant from my family for those years. But again, my dad never stopped me from from going to church after that. Now, he did have a lot of questions. He tried to persuade me that my love for Christ was misplaced and hmm. that um, I was going overboard with it. And I used to, to tell people, all you have to do is accept Christ. And he, he couldn't go for that. He thought you had to do good works and all that to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. And I remember he asked me this question once. He, he said, all right, son, let's say you have two brothers that just robbed a bank. And they're running away from the posse on their horses, and the sheriff and the priests and all these other people are shooting at them, and they shoot one brother in the head and the heart and the other in the arm and leg, and they both fall off their horses. Hmm. Well, the brother that didn't die immediately was sitting on the ground suffering, and the priest came up and had the opportunity to say a prayer. Mm -hmm. He said, now, son, are you going to tell me that that guy got to go to heaven but his brother didn't? I said, wow, thanks, Dad. He said, what is it? You just revealed to me how important it is I get people to say that prayer. 
It had the reverse effect. The reverse effect. I was like, yes, Dad. Yeah, that's, that's important. He's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I said, no, I, I get it now. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, I'm going to work <laughs> even harder to tell people about Jesus. Because, yes, yes, whether you're a thief on the cross or, or a Rick Moore who is a bad kid in people's eyes, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You, you just ask God and receive. He wants you to be saved. He loves you. He's he he's not just dying to to show he loves you. He did die to show he loves you. That's right. And wow. so so it was interesting. Now, you know, I I know everybody has to have a balanced approach to their Christianity. Uh, for me, at first, I was what you'd call on fire for God. Uh-huh. You know, because it was just so new to me. Sure, it's exciting and, and exciting. But I also knew that I had to be disciple. I had to learn. And so I went back to church the next week, and I remember the pastor, he he shared a message that said, come from among them and be separate. And he Mm. was saying that, you know, you can't just be, you know, with the world all the time. Mm -hmm. God's called us out. It really makes a difference who our friends are and who we hang around with. Right. And I needed that. Mm -hmm. I I needed and. So, again, there's a balance. You know, Jesus went into bars. He hung out with people. They said, oh, these are sinners, you know. And so there's that balance. But there's sure. a time in our life that we need to be discipled. And mm-hmm. and for me, I realized I was going to have to quit, you know, working out at my dad's club. Okay. And, uh, and I did. And so I left there. And ironically, I started working at the church. Nice. I was, they had a daycare. I cooked for the kids and cleaned up and just uh-huh. whatever I could because I pretty much lived up at the church anyway, so they figured I might as well put him to work. Um, and it was it was a great time in my life, but at the age of 18, when I'm leaving home to go to Bible college, I happened to be driving by that club mm. that I used to work at, that my dad's club. My dad had sold it by this okay. time. But... I'm driving by, and I feel the Holy Spirit say, you need to go back inside there. Uh, I'm like, you know, sometimes we question God, is that you speaking? I mean, yeah. I, I know the Bible says that his sheep know his voice, uh-huh. but sometimes I wasn't sure. Yeah, you know? and yeah then, like, why? Yeah. Is that really God's voice telling like, me that? God, I thought you called me out of there. Yeah. And so I pulled over the side, I'm debating, I'm praying, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what happens. So I pulled around, went back to the driveway of the club, Uh and I go inside. It's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. And there was a guy there, his name was Glenn, who used to wash dishes with us. Hmm. And I was talking to Glenn, and Glenn just started crying. I said, what is it, man? Wow. He said, last night my wife left me. And... I told him, I said, you know, Glenn, I, I'm young. I don't really know when God answers prayers, when he doesn't. I, I don't understand it all. Yeah. I, you know, but I can tell you this, Glenn. I know somebody that won't leave you. I know somebody that will always love you. And it was so great That's just good. to pray with him. Yeah. You know? Just to say, Say, God, come into his heart and and to see God change him. And from that moment on, he was a new person. Wow. And God, and God, that was the Holy Spirit telling you to go in there. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. And so it's ironic that mm-hmm. the very place God was wow. pulling me out of, yeah. God said, go back in. Wow. 
And so I've tried to find opportunities. You know, when, when you work at church and you, mm-hmm. you know, I went to Bible college, you know, church, sure. you know, sometimes it, it doesn't seem like you, you really have the same contacts as people that uh-huh. maybe grew up the way I did. And sometimes it's, it's challenging to, to hear God's voice and to be sensitive to who God wants us to speak to when. But I always remember that as an opportunity. So that's so know. good. And you were obedient. You were quick to be obedient to that voice telling you to go in there. He didn't know why, but you found out after. Yeah. And he needed that word from yeah. you. And that was a divine appointment. And I think about how many divine appointments are are, are around us every day when we come into contact with maybe um, somebody at the checkout line or the, at the gas station. These opportunities that God brings our way. Now. Tell me a little bit about your father. Did he, did he come to know the Lord? Well, it's funny you ask because my dad, he had a reverence towards God, believed in a God. He just didn't believe that you could have a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would say things like, hey, he's God, you're not. Or yeah. I remember he told me once, he said, you know, there's almost 7 billion people on this planet. Now, how can God be talking to you and talking to your mom and right. talking? To, how can <laughs> how can he be talking to everybody at once? Yeah. Well, then he was coming to visit me, and he stopped, and he he had a long layover, and he met a friend of his at the airport who had just put together a new gambling casino online Mm -hmm. where people could make bets online through their computer. Uh Uh-oh. And he has an email device that could send out millions of emails and get millions of responses Uh immediately. And my dad called me from the airport before he even came to, to meet me. He said, son, I've had a spiritual light bulb come on. Wow. He said, if a man can make a box that can talk to millions of people at once called a computer, maybe God, maybe God can talk to a lot of people at once. Wow. So that's cool. <laughs> so he, he, he came along and he, he went down to the altar and asked Christ into his heart and, uh, cool. you know, he, he, he used to say that he, he regretted wasting many years of not being a disciple, but uh-huh. he knew that God had forgiven him. So, yes, my dad came to have his own road to redemption. Awesome. Well, praise Jesus. You know, and that's encouraging. Uh, I, I think about there may be somebody with a family member who they've been praying for for many years now. Um I, I would say don't give up. Keep Amen. praying, right? Amen. God's a God of restoration. And, you know, we plant the seeds and and leave it up to the Holy Spirit and God to water those seeds and to cause the growth. And uh, he will draw them to his heart in his perfect timing. So don't give up. Keep praying. Well, Pastor Rick, thank you so much for coming in on Road to Redemption. Thank you. You know, we always say uh, get into a church. Wherever you're listening, you could be halfway around the world, get into a church and get into a small group and become connected. Uh, Also, a Bible app. If you don't have a Bible, I bet your church has one for you. But they have these apps, the Bible app you can download and get into God's word every day. And, And when you get to the church, getting into a small group and what you mentioned, Pastor Rick, about being discipled and accountable, it's so important. And uh, these stories of redemption uh, are all to the glory of God. These are God's stories. And 
they build my faith. I love hearing these stories. It was great hearing your story, and I look forward to hearing the rest of it. And if you have a story, you're listening and maybe thinking, you know, I want to share my story. We would love to hear from you. So reach out to us. Uh, You can connect with us on the Destiny Radio app. Thank you so much for listening to Road to Redemption. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. If you have any comments or questions, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption. Redemption.